Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Here we go. Hey, welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast here with the man, Charlie. Charlie, how long have we been talking about doing this? Years? No, probably about a year and a half. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I'm so glad it's finally happened. What's up? Um, not much. Moving into a studio space uh, for music stuff and kind of working on that. And yeah. Nice. Okay. So tell us your story. Tell us all about Charlie Roberts, who you are, what you do. Let's see. So grew up in Sheridan, Wyoming. So I was about I Sheridan. Uh, left for high school. Just wanted to get out of the K through 12 situation. I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to school with these kids. <laughs> and then, um, Moved what to did LA you think that, first of all, I'm going to interrupt you. Was it just, like, just didn't seem like your vibe or what? Um, yeah, I mean, like, K through 12 school. Uh-huh. So you're in the same class with kids from kindergarten to 12th yeah, grade. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't want my high school career to be, like, jocks. And it's not really me, you know. Yeah. So went to a boarding school and then ended up in L.A. when I was 18. And it was amazing. And so I spent my formative years in Los Angeles and kind of dove into music at that point. Wow. Okay. So many questions to ask you. Boarding school. How was that? Where was that? Oh, it was wild. Um, I didn't exactly do a lot of academia like I should have. Uh, didn't do <laughs> much work, but uh, it was in Colorado, down kind of near. Africa. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around going to boarding school. I mean, obviously, I've heard about it and I'm familiar with the concept, but actually, how old were you when you went? Like, what were your years that you went? I was to like school? 17. Okay. Like I was held back going into school, so a year sophomore years when I left here okay cool but um, I don't know, you got me out of the box of like yeah. school in Wyoming and I was just wanted to do something different there's one only one other person in my class who really left had the opportunity to leave at that point but it kind of set the path for not wanting to be in Sheridan all the time yeah <laughs> but enjoying it here you know yes uh, I yeah. understand that to my soul I completely completely understand that so I love that too. I love unique experiences. I love people who do things outside of the box and who get life experiences by doing things a little bit differently. That's fantastic. So then you went to LA. Yeah. How was that when you first got to LA? Um, LA was wild. I basically went down there and was like, I want to finish school here with a GED because I don't want to go to LA public school. Yeah. So I like hustled it out and, and the school was never my thing. So I was like, I can't get through that. But um, made family friend connections and got really into music. Started taking drum lessons from a guy in a band called Ambrosia, like late 70s prog stuff. Ooh, right on. Um, and he's like my best mentor. We're still friends, you know, to this day. But he put me in touch with a lot of people in the studios, got into an internship at a studio for the first time. And yeah. Were you ever intimidated getting into this? Was it ever daunting? Or were you more just like, let's no, do roll? I mean, I was the kid who'd like sit in my bedroom and use a cassette recorder my dad's and record drums yeah. and just like appreciate the naivety of like doing that and not even knowing yeah so and, that was and, and then uh yeah i knew i always wanted to be like in a studio situation or have one eventually and always had a rig around yeah so 
So what was kind of like the long-term vision that you had for your life? Did you have one? Um, no, I mean, it's been kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Like I just, college was never on the, on the books for me, but I was like, Oh, you know, I'll just do what I can. And LA is a hustle. I mean, it's not all easy. Like music industry is a hustle, but it's all about who you know. So as you go through it and make the connections, I mean, there's people that I still talk to to this day who really put me on and like put me in a good spot. Like luck is all about like when preparation meets opportunity. And so Yes. When you're in that situation, like you just go into it. Like I didn't know. I was just like, sure, cool. I'll do that. Um, you have to be primed for it, like you said. And that's one of my favorite quotes. And you have to have laid the groundwork mm-hmm. and you haven't just copped out or kind of just dicked around. Like you've actually set the groundwork. Yeah, totally. So yeah. Um, talk about your professional experiences, what all you've done with um, that. Let's see, like Los Angeles really put me into it. I um, had a, put a, I guess what you say, a home studio in my apartment in LA, which is like, I've always had a studio of some sort, wherever yeah. I'm at. And um, there's a situation where I had had a guy come and build out a room and, you know, we had been hanging for about a year and I had had a producer come over who did records for Justin Timberlake and that kind of thing wow. um, and used my studio space. And he had called... Uh, a guy named Devi over and so Devi came over and then about a year after that I had people working there and and I got a call from my friend Christopher that said hey do you want to come do a studio in a warehouse like I don't know anything about it it's like 30,000 square feet I said sure well well I get down there and it's a show that used to be on MTV called Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory yes it's like after Robin Big so the whole you know production angle for the show was drama Rob's cousin wanted to be a producer whatever needed a studio so Christopher and I went in and did all the back end you know wiring wiring for tv set up a pro tools rig that kind of thing I mean the shots on tv and the episodes are short and only show a few little things but it was fun it was a good you know adventure for a couple years doing stuff with them in and out and learned a lot and was around a lot of hip-hop guys and hip-hop records and not really my bag but like cool to be around Totally. Cool to be around. Good connections to make. Mm-hmm. Interesting people. I mean, oh, yeah. cool in so many ways, for sure. And connections are what it's about, no matter what your field is. Networking and connections and exposure to people and to other things and to other fields. And even if it's like you're not your jam or your area of interest per se, it yeah. can pay off and just can really like expand your horizons and perspective too. Anyways, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So- Let's see, fast forward after that, I um, was living with a, with a, my friend Christopher and we put a room together in North Hollywood mm. and we're pretty kind of far into it and the building was sold. And oh. at which point I ended up moving to the Bay Area, moved up to San Francisco area and kind of took a little break, um, got a regular job, rode some snowboards and worked at a ski hill. Um, but then it was about that time when I was like, no, I wanted to keep doing music. Yeah. Uh, because anytime I'm not doing something that's music, I'm always like not really happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Never there. So then I went to Nashville and went to a school call, a school at uh, Blackbird Studios with a guy named John McBride, who happens to be the husband of Martina McBride, the country artist. So they have a nine studio complex out there and started a school in 2013. Um, Six months, pretty intense, like studio situations for a week and then a classroom for a week. Um, They have big time producers come in and make records with you and say, Hey, this is how it's done. 
Wow. So through the end of that, um, I was sitting in some sessions with John and he's like, Hey, you know, Lee Foster at electric lady, um, Jimi Hendrix studio in New York needs a guy. Do you want to be the guy? And I said, sure. So I sold my car and moved to New York city Good for you. and started working at electric, um, for about 10 months. How was that? So it was amazing. It like, it taught me more than I could ever <sighs> learn, but, uh, Full circle from that, I was wow. at Lady, and CBS Sunday Morning came to shoot something with Billy Idol in Studio A, and Lee called me and said, hey, can you go in there, see what they need? And I said, sure, and I made friends with the sound tech um, that's doing live stuff for CBS, and you know, kept in touch with him, and he kind of put me on with the producer that he works with and said, hey, and I called him and said, hey, if you want to see me on a recommendation from your sound tech, like, I want to get an interview with you, otherwise I'm going to leave or like move. Yeah. And like really laid it on him and he got me a, um, an interview at CBS. So I was doing sound for major media for a while. Definitely not my bag, but super full. <laughs> um, made it back to Electric Lady to do an interview with Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I kind of got on, on most of the music stories that I could, Chris Cornell and this kind of that. Wow. That was my bag. But I knew that I wanted to be back in studios and working for major media was not the New York City that I wanted to live in at all. I mean, it just wasn't how I wanted to go through living there. So I moved back here. Oh, wow. Okay, you covered a lot of ground. You've done a lot of things. I mean, I already knew some of this. You'd already told me some of this, but I didn't know all of that. One of the things I've admired about you um, is you're just down to do it. You're down to do whatever. You're open. Like, you're like, yeah, let's do it. You want to go do this? Yeah, let's do it. Like, you're just so, like, ready and willing to jump in and do the damn thing. And... I think that's carried you so far in life, obviously, as you just explained, and brought you so many cool opportunities and experiences. Wow. So, I mean, just questions swirling around in my head that I want to ask you. And one of the comments that I want to make, too, is are you blown away by the talent that's out there, especially like the musical talent and being in Nashville? I just went to Nashville for um, like a weekend or a week. and. Yeah went down what's that like boulevard or whatever like broadway yeah yeah, yeah. yep i mean and, there's, uh, there's like so much off of broadway that's super killer that i feel okay. like people reduce it down to being on broadway but you can go out on a tuesday and see like grade a musicianship exactly and that's what we did yes. yeah people just blow you away with their talent who were like yeah. quote unquote unknowns trying to make it and I'm like god damn like I feel like your talent can blow away so many of the big names too I mean there is a lot of talent in the <clears throat> mainstream big names but just talent everywhere you go and it's just overwhelming almost you know and I bet you see a lot of that too being in that industry so who are some of the people that you have your eye on like up and comings or like what kind of music do you gravitate toward um alternative and indie stuff really mm-hmm. Um, I play drums, so I'm always into, you know, mixing drums a little louder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that comes with it. So, yeah. Um, I've been working, since I got back here, I've been working for Luminous Brewhouse, which is a brewery here in town, and doing all their live sound for them. And I guess this year has been kind of hit or miss, but usually we're doing, you know, shows every weekend and that kind of thing, which yeah. I never really got into doing live sound, but it's a whole different mindset from working in the studio, which I love, you know, going from one to the other kind of switch it but it lets me see you know from that perspective really what's out there and having a rotation come to the stage 
um, I have a good friend, a dear friend named Taylor Coram, who used to have a residency at the Occidental in Buffalo. Yes, but he's yes, always yeah. been talking about making record with me. And he, uh, I think he was supposed to cut one in Nashville, but hopefully he'll come up here and get up to Sheridan and do it. Um, and then I have another friend who's doing more indie alternative stuff and Taylor's more country, but my friend Alex Sanzo, he's out in Connecticut and he, uh, he and I have known each other since Los Angeles days, but he wants to come out here and do some work too. So, so cool. And I'm looking yeah. at your rad new studio. That looks so good. I mean, so, it's, so good. it's spacious and just a cool vibe. It's a what? vision. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it. What? is next for you what's an experience that you're craving that you really want to have that you haven't done yet um man good question music wise or just like anything oh anything um music wise there i'm sitting in a building right now that in the front half of it is a large open space that really caters itself to be a venue and i feel like this side of town we don't like i work at luminous but we don't have a proper venue in town yeah and so coming up you know, in studios like Blackbird and Ann Electric, I really want to put a situation in town where we can have bands in the front half yeah. and then cut a record back here. So oh, yeah. records in town. Yeah. And like seeing that done and having worked on sessions where that's the situation and a small intimate like live show and then the record comes out of it. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah it's kind of like what I really want to do. I dig it. And there's nothing like live music. Nothing like live music. No. I love it. Wherever it's a brewery, a pub, whatever. Like there's just something yeah. about it. Um, and the thing about Sheridan too, I gotta say, like there's such an energy there. It's a small town, but there's still a cool energy. What do you think, being from there? Um, it's definitely yeah. interesting. I mean, I went through a time in my life when I, I guess I would never say I didn't want anything to do with Sheridan, but I just didn't give it like what it deserved, you know, coming from yeah. being here yeah. and going up here. And then I come back here and I'm like, yeah, I get it now. I mean, you, if you can really crack the code and get out of having a nine to five here, yeah, like that's the way to do it. I mean, it's a retirement yeah. community. I have family roots here, but I also like want to be here and make my mark. I don't want to just be here and settle. Like I would have never came back to just, you know, do the same old thing every day. It feels like Groundhog Day, which is why it's a nice place to leave and a nice place to come back to. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's definitely coming up and it's a little bit, it's kind of like gentrified a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, I think it needs it. Like it's just, it's time and, and the arts are here and they're coming up, but especially with music. I mean, yeah. After COVID, after, I don't know if that's a thing after COVID. We'll never know. Right? <laughs> God, <But hope. laughs> hopefully within the next year, People will be really ready to tour and tour will be set. So people will be coming through. I mean, music yeah. And really though, I think it says more about the energy of a place than the size of a place. Cause Pocatello where I am, it's way bigger than Sheridan, but we don't have the stuff going on that you guys do. We don't have the rad eateries. We don't have yeah. like that vibe that we don't have the locals like getting out and supporting, we don't have like the progressiveness that you guys have, like more so. Sure. It's definitely to be, like more progressive now than I think it's ever been. Good. Which, yeah, I was shocked when I went there. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. And like, um, yeah, my best friend lives there and having her tell me about the events that are going on there and like retreats that happen there and new businesses that are coming out. Like, yeah, 
I was like, go Sheridan, man, what do we need to do to get that happen here, to make that happen where I am? But okay, so are you ready for just some random questions that I just like to throw at people? Yeah, let's go. Okay. I am all about the random questions. What has been the most humbling experience of your life? Oh, man. Um, I guess, like, there's nothing that really makes me nervous. Like, I don't – I've been around people who I guess you would say quote-unquote famous, but that kind of thing doesn't really make me nervous, but sheer talent is what makes me nervous. So, like, being person-to-person is like, hey, you know, you're another person. I can talk to you. But when you see a singer go and just, like, belted out like that's the kind of thing where i'm like well that's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty humbling just to like be in that spot and you really have to know how to enter a room and i feel like a lot of like working with the arts and working in music and working in studios is like you have to know how to set a vibe yeah like, you and it and and humbling humble wise is like if you're in the hot seat and you're in a session like you fuck up you're done like that's that's the opportunity blown right there yeah. so you have to be on your on your game you know, and it's, and it's like, you put your ego out of it. Like anything music wise I get into shows, whatever. I mean, I could fix a show for a dollar or like five grand, but mm-hmm. you put your ego out of it. I mean, that's the whole deal. That and is Luminous, solid Luminous is small, But I don't run shows at Luminous. Like I'm working at a brewery. I mean, you, you run shows a certain way and it's like, you put your ego out of it and you, and it's all about making the artist comfortable. People have to be comfortable. Like, I want people to come in here and feel like they're sitting in their you know, living room, not at a dentist office. Yes. Literally, like you go into a de- it's like a dentist office. You have to be comfortable in the space. So, yes. Sorry, that's a bit more than a humbling. Answer. No, I love that, and I love. There's so much to unpack there, and I love like keeping your eye on the vibe that you want to create, not just like the vibe. Yeah, that you there's want like within. there's like trying to create a vibe, and then there's like really just like having a sense of how to bring that in the room is different than trying to. Sure. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And also removing your ego. I mean, that's just what you want to do. Oh, that's huge. You're doing. That's huge. You can't get attached to anything. Oh, yeah. Right there. Like, that is base, Like that is ground level baseline for everything, no matter what you're doing. If you want to succeed and have a good time doing it, too. I mean, that's what you got to do. Okay. So, next random question is, what is the last thing you were stoked about? In what sense? Broad interpretation. Professionally. Um, last thing I was stoked about. Let's see. Um, went had the opportunity to go to a studio in Southern Oregon, and it, there was some gear that I wanted to buy. And I'm friends with an engineer on Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, I'm interested. Whatever." She was like, "Okay, drive out." This is last March, you know, before COVID. Yeah. Drove out. Um, sat in her studio for about five hours the first day. Talked about gear and microphones and and the whole deal. And of course, we have mutual friends. And then the, the second day, stayed there for equally as my amount of time and just nerded out about gear. And I was like, "Wow, I'm in." pretty fortunate spot to just yeah. hang with you and, and you have to be a good hang that's the whole thing is people are like oh the music industry this and that no it's all about being a good hang you know yeah. if i can sit here and get along with you just like anyone else that's what it's about so totally yeah and i feel like you're you see yeah, very very to get along with do you find that you're you get along with people easily naturally or do. do you have to try like does it come naturally to you to just vibe with people and get along with people or do you yeah. really have to make an effort and it's also like not to sound well weird, but because I'm a Taurus, like if I don't get along with you, like that's like I'm not getting along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Um, well, like I definitely know if I do or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a self-limiting belief you have? Self-limiting belief. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. 
and I, and I, you know, the music thing is like, there's no right or wrong answer, but you know, you, everyone talks and you look at records and you look online and whatever. And it's like, do I know what I'm doing? And then it's like, no, you're good. See, but that's what I mean is that's what I admire and respect about you to the max because all of these experiences that you've had, you've just jumped into them. Or a lot of people would have thrown them and they would have been like, well, no, I don't. I mean, it's not, it's, it hasn't all been like, you know, amazing, but I mean, it's sure. definitely work and it's definitely like a lot of self-work. Like I didn't go to college. And then some, uh, a friend of mine told me once we had coffee and she's like, you, you went to the college of life. And I'm like, yeah, yes. like, exactly. That was that. Like, like a college education is by no means a reflection of your intelligence. Some of the most successful and smartest people I know didn't go to college. Yeah. Well, just because you have a degree doesn't mean that smart and or you're going to be successful. Yeah, for sure. And things just have a way of working out though, too. I mean, there's a lot of grit that you have to have and put into it and hard work. Yeah. But I think things just also have a way of working out better than you would expect them to. And you figure it out too. Like you're going to get some bangs and bruises as you figure it out. But mm -hmm. I mean, what an experience. So much better than just sitting back and letting the experience pass you by or the opportunity. Where is your happy place? Behind a set of speakers, for sure. I can understand that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could sit behind a good pair of speakers and listen to music all day and do stuff. Yes. What do you wish someone taught you a long time ago? I guess, like, when it gets down to it, like, I'm super creative, which doesn't always lend itself to being, like, linear through, like, being organized and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's been this balance of, like, left brain, right brain, and I'm, you know, in a better spot than I used to be, but... Yeah. 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 The, like my dad was talking to my dad. He's like, you just need like a, like a bean counter guy. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I, I need to have someone who's going to keep the books together. Cause I'm doing other stuff. So what's your creative process? Is it easy for you to having said that organize things? I'll just give my personal example. Like when I approach something, my thoughts are all over the place and they're never linear and it's never organized. And it's easy for me to get overwhelmed because I'm like, well, I want to do this and I want to do this. And da, 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 da. Like when I pull for shoots, if I plan a photo shoot yeah. or style a photo shoot, I have to style the day up. I have to really plan the right. Up. otherwise I'll overwhelm myself with the options that I'll come up with sure and so I have to minimize my options and then just take those and run with it um and I find that a lot with creative how does your brain work how do you approach things how do you approach like an assignment or a gig or whatever I mean definitely the same way definitely like option anxiety yeah but even like working professionally in music it's like you have to just make the commitment to, to a sound or something you're going for like don't overthink it I mean, working I in a situation it. is way different than working in a studio situation because studio situations, you have option anxiety. Yeah. But if you're, you know, producing a, a band, that's, you're molding the clay at that point and you have to say, be behind the creative decisions. So yeah. you can't get stuck on a guitar tone or what. I mean, use what you have. Yeah. You know, and some people have better gear than others, whatever, but use what you have and commit to a sound. That's it. Is committing to a sound, is that hard for you to do or is that... Um, yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, I could sit here and mic a guitar cab 20 ways in, in four hours and figure it out, but yeah. you can go with you know what you know and do it once and it could be great. Or you could do something that you don't even think would ever work and that'll go on the record. Yeah. And one thing I'm really trying to focus on too is just committing. Just like you said, just like committing to a sound or committing to a vibe or like if I'm editing pictures, yeah. committing 
to a look committed committing oh, sure. no, going for it. Yeah. And just, if yeah. you need to pivot later on and it doesn't work, you pivot later on. And a lot of times like I'll be looking at something that doesn't quite feel right. I'm editing mm-hmm. a picture for example, and I'll step away and I'll come back and I'm like, that's magic. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. When Especially 20 minutes when, ago, I hated it. I have to, I've learned and, and, and you know, having ADD and, and being all all over the place sometimes has its perks but also like I've learned to give myself like some creative space and be like cool I'm gonna step away go have a glass of water or or walk around or look at Instagram or something and then come back five ten minutes like you're in a new headspace yes you are completely the same thing like shoot I shoot you know photos not really professionally just to do it yeah. But I love doing it. But it's like that to me visually is visually what I do music wise. So it's a balance, you know, same thing. You step away you, and you give your brain and your eyes a break. It's a whole different deal. I mean, I'll go through and edit pictures again and make a folder of re-edits just to touch them. Yeah. Like, Why did I ever do that in the first place? You know? <laughs> no. Same way. I mean, there's not really, there's a point, you know, studio wise is different than live. You can get it kind of there where you want and you're going with it in a show, you know, but there's only so much you can do. But in a studio situation, if you're making a song or making a record, you kind of have to know whether where it's in a good place and you don't want to push it beyond that. Yes, 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 yes. So which is like comes back to the commitment thing, like commit, you know, print your sounds, print your two track. Yeah. Yes. And also, I don't know if this will apply to you. Tell me if you, um, if this resonates with you. Also just owning it. So let's say that there's a certain aesthetic or sound or look that you like, and you're like, ah, I might get some blowback from that. People might not like this. And you just got to own it because you're like, well, it's subjective anyways. And I can have like, a huge fan in one person and a total critic in another. So no matter what, you're going to have people who love it and people who hate it. But it's like what you like and just owning that and just kind of like tuning out the noise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the more you you have to accommodate, but yeah. The more you push it. And like when I come to a spot where I'm not sure, I usually do the not sure more than the sure. Because I can come back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like turning turning a dial into a compressor. You turn past and then dial it back a little bit. But, you know, you're always like... What, yes. how far can you push it threshold yes and there's such freedom in that too when you yeah just give yourself well it, it gets weird when there's like levels of undo i mean working in lightroom is the same as working in pro tools you know you have yeah. levels of undo and you can go back and it's like but i don't always want to go back on, on what yeah, i know yeah yeah. So. yeah yeah okay unrelated question but this just came into mind what about all the people that you've worked with and you've worked with some big names on some big levels and some big circles Talking about egos, what have you encountered with that? Have you encountered a lot of egos that you've kind of had to navigate? Or is it? I mean, yeah, like everyone's different. And I feel like I learned early on, and this is why you start out as an intern in a studio, because if you can't clean a toilet, how are you going to touch a console? You know? And that's like kind of the old adage of like, if you can't take my sandwich order and get it right and not have to ask me and have it on my desk, then you can't be around. You know, why, why can you be around people? Yeah. Like, there's certain things like coming up in a studio, like you, you take little tiny things like cleaning or sweeping and you're like, Oh, this sucks, whatever. But that's all incremental in like dealing with people and like setting a vibe and like knowing how to enter a room and that kind of thing. I mean, I think it teaches you how to like, someone could have a huge ego, but if I can't talk to you like a person, nine times out of 10, if someone, if you have a huge ego and you're an artist do, but you don't know how to approach them and you're approaching them for the ego that they have. Yeah. Like that's all, that's all wrong. You just gotta, yes. they're just a person too. Like, Agreed. 
And I've always respected and appreciated the people who take pride in their work, no matter what that work is. No matter whether they're cleaning the toilet or sweeping the floor, they're taking pride in it and it's going to be the best they can do. Exactly. It's going to be just as good with the same level of commitment and pride than if they were running the show. And you you see that. It's so evident that people who do take that pride in it. And then... I mean, um, I only see that from from the experience that I've had. Oh, sure. I mean, that's the kind of thing where, like, you you can't teach it. You just have to be in the spot yeah. and take it to heart and really understand it and move through it. Yeah, so true. Lots of life lessons that you're throwing at us. <laughs> um, what do you do differently than most people? Something. Oh man, lots of stuff. Yeah. Throw a little, throw like a tiny bit of OCD in there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, broad interpretation. These are broad, so up to your interpretation when you're editing when you're like living your life just you charlie as a person if i'm editing what do i do different if i'm i don't know let's see um i tend to like help myself by working off templates Mm, yeah and like some people do some people don't but i've learned okay just have some something going into rather than a blank slate because sometimes a blank slate is like way too much for my brain yes okay (laughs) yes Yes. presets are not bad but it, you have to remember it's a starting point and like some people are like oh slap a preset on it can be audio or, or, or video or LUTs or Lightroom whatever but you, it's a starting point so That's therefore you know you can tweak it around I mean I can put a preset on but I'm definitely gonna you know tweak it around a little bit but what do I do differently than other people and I don't know all kinds of stuff <laughs> well you went to boarding school I, ha- I have my keys on my keychain in order from shortest to largest i don't know it makes me feel more comfortable it's weird but yeah what else like little quirks like that because that's um, something that i would do too yeah i don't know people who you walk into someone's house and like they have their tv and all this stuff cable organization it, it makes me anxious like it needs to look nice you know a stage yeah. needs to look nice like everything needs to be presentable you know you walk into luminous the stage is not going to look terrible because it doesn't make the artist feel comfortable yeah. You all put in the time to the, to the details because the details are what add up. They really do. And I mean, I know that, but putting it in that context and that example, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that just contributes to the overall environment. Yeah. Sure. Okay. What? Let's see. What stresses you out? Uh, I try I try not to uh, let too much stress me out these days. Good for you. Well, it, it's, been, it's been a rough road. I used to be super anxious. What's helped you? Anything, but let's see a lot of natural stuff um used to be on like meds for add quite a while ago yeah switched over to a company called on it like highly endorsed by joe Aubrey. rogan yeah yeah, um, yeah so i'm big proprietor of things like alpha brain and new mood got into that from my visual artist friend in la named avi he's awesome but he's like yeah dude you gotta try this I so like kind of on the natural you know let's suppress the add type of thing for yeah. a long time and it's better than being on pharmaceutical drugs so tell me about your ADD diagnosis. When were you diagnosed? Well, yeah, I must have been like six, seven. Really? I mean, I was I was one of those kids on Ritalin, you know, early on, which probably wasn't great for me, but Ritalin, Adderall, you yeah. know, into that. But it just makes you feel like crap. So I was like, I'm, I don't want to feel like this anymore, you know? Yes. So, so I was diagnosed when I was like in my early 20s, mid 20s. Yeah. And they diagnosed me first and I completely blew it off. I'm like, there's no way. No, like I don't fit the profile, like my understanding of the profile, there's no way. And then like a couple more doctors just randomly were like, you absolutely have ADD. Like I knew that the minute that I met you. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe there's something to it. Looked it up. I'm like, okay, shoot. Absolutely. I really, really do. And so then I tried um, a couple of different um, of the medicine. 
yeah, it made me feel like yeah. shit. But it's also like I've learned to like take space for myself and realize like I was on pharmaceutical, basically low-level meth for a long time. <laughs> like, like, you know, and so I'm like, damn, sometimes I, I move through stuff and I'm like, fuck, that was too quick. What am I doing? Like yeah. I need to take space and like nothing is that quick. Yeah. I just you yeah. Know, need to smash my brain down a little bit. But yeah. Um, I mean, there's always the occasional um, partaking in marijuana. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Medicine. Or, yeah, but nothing, nothing crazy. I don't know. Some good, good tea. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. So do you feel like your 2020 has kind of been a rocker overall? Yeah. How has it affected you? And like your stress I mean, levels and like your evolution to chilling out. It's weird. It's like there was a time like I went out to Southern Oregon in March and my entire family was like, oh, it's COVID. You need to come back here. Everyone's in quarantine, blah, blah, blah. Well, I get back here and nothing's going on. I'm like, I was at a farm in Oregon. I was doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. I need to rush back here. And it's like, come back here to Sheridan, months of quarantine, not really any shows. I mean, there's not a lot of money to be made. I mean, I was doing deliveries from my friend's restaurant you know just to help yeah, them out yeah, that yeah. kind of thing and so i was like eh, music industry is odd no one's touring whatever um i've i've been fortunate enough to get into the space that i'm in now and it's still you know an ongoing project and, and i'm not done but for the winter time it's a nice place for me to hold up and figure out how I want to do things in here and and be in here and move through the next like few months so yeah and no matter where you are and what you're doing you just always have something going and well thank you like you're always yeah yeah it's, sometimes it doesn't okay. feel that way sometimes I'm like what am I doing but then I'm like oh no I'm okay I know yeah you have to remember, like the thing is is that people like my mom will be like oh, I didn't hear from you yesterday well that's cool that's fine because, like, you have to remember to take time for yourself. Like, yes, you do. And, and I feel like the time that people do take for themselves in 2020 is like, oh, fuck, I'm freaking out. But, like, you really need some time for yourself. Like, yeah, take a day. Yeah. Take a day mentally and physically. Like, actually, like, take a day for yourself, self-care for sure. But then also celebrate your wins, too. And that's something that's oh, sure. really helped yeah. me. Like, and I'll get in that thought before, like, yeah. Well, like, you have to realize, like, even the small wins are wins, like. They are, yes. And that keeps you in the game, at least for me, like, mentally and emotionally. Like, when I'm like, God, I need to do more. I need to do more. I should be farther here. I need to do this, do this, do this. I should have a lot more accomplished by now. And then I'll reflect on my wins. I'm like, okay, okay, you're doing okay. Yeah, feel good about that. Yeah, and it carries a big impact for sure. I guess, like, ultimately, like, if I ever, if I and, and I've learned to understand what this means through almost being there. But if I feel like I'm settling in any sense, especially because I'm back in my hometown and it's very easy to settle and I have friends who are still here, not, not to knock them, you know, or who have come back, left and come back. If yeah. I feel like I'm settling, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. And I've always kind of been in that spot where, like, I absolutely don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have friends I went to school with for music who now sell insurance. I mean, that's fine. But that's just never the guy I want to be. Yes. I hear you. A thousand percent. Yes. Okay. A few more questions. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Have a place here in Wyoming and have a place in California. Where in California? Because you've lived in LA, the Bay. Like I miss LA. I don't, I don't miss being in LA, but I miss LA. So like, I don't know, outside of LA somewhere. Maybe thought about Joshua Tree on the desert. Kind of by Palm Springs. Um, spent some time out there last 
January, and it's awesome. What specifically? But then all of the like public ones you go to like. Oh, yeah. yeah. What specifically do you like about LA? Um, well, there's a lot that I like. And there's also a lot I don't like. The vibe of, of California and Los Angeles is something that I haven't seen anywhere else. And I think, like, we all know musically, I mean, what's kind of come from there. Yeah. But the people, and once you get to know people, there's people who are very LA, but then there's people who understand, um, I don't know, the entertainment industry. And that's a whole section of being in Los Angeles that isn't anywhere else. Yeah. And if you work in the industry, it's yeah, it's just it's going all the time, and it's there's always stuff to do, and always you know, it's moving, moving and grooving. Yeah. You can kind of do anything, get into anything, and I yeah, love energy like that. Like New York's a whole different deal, but yeah. I like I vibe with LA way harder than New York. Like I like it. Yeah. I don't love it like I love Los Angeles. In, in the time that I feel like I'm wasting when I go snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I still love to ride, but you can go ride and then go to the beach in the same day, and that's pretty killer. Yes, that's unbeatable. So, Mr. Music Man, do you have like a go-to jam right now in your world? Yeah, I'm really into this group called Mo Lauda and Humble. Okay. And, uh, looking to book them at Luminous in the summer. They're from Philadelphia. Oh. So we're uh, building an outside stage in March. So it'll be full on, you know, power lights and the whole deal in the parking lot of Luminous. It's going to be great. Covered patio, the whole thing. And I, um, yeah, I want to book them for Luminous and make some music happen right here. For sure. Didn't you guys have a covered outdoor setting venue? Um, yeah, we, uh, we can close the street down and then we have like a tent thing, but that's kind of annoying. Oh, just, that's different. Okay. They want to do it in a big way, which will be killer. Yeah. I feel like with the touring, the way I hope it's going to lay out. I mean, there's plenty of access off I-90 for people who are going, you know, through Colorado up to Montana. So is it fairly easy to draw people in like that? Like, I mean, like that to come play? I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's times when I've had music every weekend at Luminous. So, like, I've kind of made it the spot for music. Yeah. And since COVID happened, nothing's going on. But, yeah. I like what you're doing. I hate that it's eight hours away. Yeah. I was supposed to come like three times since this year, since COVID happened. Well, maybe you'll make it before December 30th. Fingers crossed. That's where I was. I think it's been a year. Yeah, because that's when I was there last. Yeah, because we had lunch and like that was that. Yeah. Wow. Full year. It's wild. Unacceptable. Okay. A couple more questions. What message do you want to give your future self? Don't overthink things or take things too seriously. Solid. Yeah. I second that motion. How do you clear your head after a tough day? Um, oh man, listen to music, sit behind, yeah. like I love turning some good speakers up to where you can really feel and move the air molecule, like oh, body experience, an amplifier and you're moving air molecules at that point, like there's nothing like it. Yeah. When you put on a, a vinyl record and, and you chill, that's awesome. Go for it. Total immersive experience. Yeah. Like you can just lose yourself in it. Yes. What has taken a toll on you? Overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss of death. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, you are a superstar. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom. You have a lot. You're a cool guy. And a lot of cool experiences. I'm stoked to see what you do next and all that you do. One last question. Yes. Ask everybody, what's your message to the world? Don't let your ego get ahead of you. Yeah. You know, it's, don't try to be the cool guy or the cool chick. Just be you. Yes. Be yes. You yeah. live that. Yes. Yes. And you totally lived that. Saw that from day one. So yeah. Where can people find you? Instagram, Facebook, pretty available. Instagram is a Charlie, A-Y Charlie. I'm sure my number's out there. You can get a hold of me if you need to. And Luminous. If you're ever in Sheridan, go to Luminous. Check out the live music scene and see the fruits of his labor because he has killed it. And thanks, Charlie. You're the man. 